am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. And Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. I thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And Father, I pray that you will use me as a vessel to speak the oracles of God into the, in the lives of your people. And I thank you, Father, that what's being said today will impact their lives in such a way that doors for 2012 will swing wide open. They will not be intimidated. They will not be in fear, nor will they feel inferior because, Father, when you open the door, no man can close it. And so we thank you in advance for what our eyes will see, what our ears will hear, and what our hearts will receive. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're in a new series entitled Open Doors. Everybody say Open Doors. And since next Sunday will be our time of prayer and fasting, our lesson today is entitled How to Open a Closed Door. So I want you to write that down if you're taking notes. And if you're not taking notes, I want you to write that down. How to Open a Closed Door. And I have a subtopic which is entitled Prayer Opens Doors. Prayer opens doors. And there are several ways that a door can be opened. You can knock down a door and open it. You can ask and open a door. You can obey instructions and a door will open for you. You can praise and a door will open. And then you can pray and a door will be open. So I want you to find two verses of scripture this morning as we get started. I want you to find Acts chapter 16 verse 23. And then I want you to find Acts chapter 12 verse 5. That was Acts chapter 16, verse 23, and then Acts chapter 12, verses 5. What is prayer? Most of us may know what prayer is, but to make prayer the definition of it very simple, prayer is communication to God and communication with God. Prayer is communication to God and prayer is communication with God. In other words, prayer is a two-way street. If you just pray and not listen, you did not effectually pray. God wants to talk to us after we talk to him. It is a time where we express our love to God. We tell him our needs. We tell him our frustrations. And we tell him our desires. It's a tool by which we can become intimate with God by spending time talking to him and listening to him. In Psalm 142, verse 2, David said, I poured out my complaint before him and I showed before him my trouble. And many times as believers, we show our complaints to people when they can't do anything about it. But David said, I poured my complaint out before the Lord. And sometimes I know we're explaining, but we're actually complaining. But we need to learn how to complain to God. Don't just complain to your boss. Don't just complain to your employees or your peers. Complain to God because God has the power to do something about your complaint. Amen. Prayer, I want you to write this down. Prayer provides invisible power to open visible doors. 
Prayer provides invisible power. Say invisible power. To open visible doors. Say visible doors. I'm going to say that again. Prayer provides invisible power to open visible doors. Prayer opens doors and create favorable opportunities for your life. I'll never forget when my wife and I got married in the 90s. We were... uh, we went on a honeymoon, and uh, God had just blessed us. We had a month honeymoon. Praise the Lord. We had some good time, too. And so the first week, we were at the hotel and all that, and uh, I really didn't know what I was going to do and what we were going to do upon graduating from Bible school. And so I had asked the Lord, Lord, what do you want, us to, what do you want me to do? Well, you, you know, I had came from Ohio. Do I go back there? Uh, do I come to Texas where I'm from? Or do I stay in Jamaica and start a church? And he just told me what he told Joseph. He said, Joseph, I want you to remain there until I give you word. So I said, you know what? I'm not leaving Jamaica till I find out what God says. And so I'll never forget, uh, we were living in my wife's uncle's condo for the rest of the honeymoon and I got up real early and began to pray and the Lord spoke to me to come and move to Arlington now I knew where Arlington was because I'm from the Dallas area but my wife got up that morning I'll never forget it was almost like yesterday she came to me and you have to understand she's from Jamaica so she really doesn't know Texas at all and she said what is Arlington I said well why do you say she said because God just told me we're supposed to move there How many know prayer can open up a door for direction in your life? And then what made it real interesting, we got here in Arlington and neither one of us had a job, but God opened up a door for us to get an apartment without even having a job. How many know that's divine intervention right there? Amen. Turn to Acts chapter 16, if you would. Acts 16. And I want you to look at verse 23. Because some prayers are answered through human wisdom... Or divine intervention. I'm going to say that again. Some prayers are answered through human wisdom. Say human wisdom. Or divine intervention. In other words, sometimes God will answer a prayer in a way that's different than what you think he will do. I'll never forget when I was in college, I was a new believer, got saved, I was excited for God, and you know, I've worn glasses all my life, and so I decided that I was going to exercise my faith, and I was going to not wear my glasses for a couple of days, because I wanted God to heal me. How many know I was blind for two days? Man, I sat there in class, I couldn't see nothing, I had the book this close to me, people say, hey man, where are your glasses? I couldn't see nothing. But then guess what? God answered my prayers called contact lenses. I didn't want to wear glasses. Contacts, that's human wisdom. But now they have LASIK surgery. So if you don't even want to wear contacts, you can just get LASIK surgery. How many know that's human wisdom? But then sometimes you need more than human wisdom. You need some divine intervention. Say divine intervention. When you pray, prayer can open a door for your life and save the life of other people. In Acts chapter 16, I'm going to start in verse 23. I love this story. And this story was about uh, Paul and Silas who was actually sent to jail because what they did is that they cast a spirit out of a woman who was really like uh, a witch or she was like a soothsayer or what we would call in today's world a psychic network person. And so she made money for these men and Paul and Silas got tired of this woman following them saying, these are men of God. These are men of God. So they cast the spirit out of the woman. And so she was not able to make money anymore. And so they got upset with Paul and Silas and they beat them and put them in jail. 
So we're going to start in verse 23. And it says, and when they laid many stripes upon them, they cast them where, class? Into where? Into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who having received such a charge, he thrust them into the inner prison. Everybody say inner prison. Inner prison. And made their feet fast in stocks. In other words, they just put some chains on their feet and they could not move from the jail cell. But then verse 25 says, and at what? Midnight. Now, midnight can be all kinds of things, but it represents maybe the darkest time of your life. And sometimes the enemy tricks us into being depressed when we really should be praying when it's dark. See, when you're going through a difficult time, that's not the time to start crying and whining. That's the time to start praying and praising. See, you're going to pray and you're going to praise because God's going to hear it. Well, let's see what happened here. In 25, it says, and at midnight, Paul and Silas, instead of being asleep like some of us are, they did what? They prayed. And what else did they do? They sang praises unto God. And then what happened? The prisoners heard them. See, sometimes you just can't sing songs and melodies in your heart to the Lord. Sometimes you got to open your mouth and you got to put some praise out there. When you pray, see, when you hear yourself pray out loud to God, it produces faith in your heart. Because remember, faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing the word. So don't just pray to yourself. Pray out loud because it gives you confidence that God hears you. Amen. And so here they begin to pray and praise. And then it says, and suddenly. See, because when you pray, sometimes it doesn't take God any time to hear it. He can just suddenly make a change. And suddenly, let's see what happened here. There was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison were shaken. And immediately, everybody say immediately. Immediately, how many of the doors? How many? How many? All of the doors were what? opened and everyone's bands were loose. Now I want you to notice something here that I would have thought that God would have delivered them a different way. I would have thought maybe they could have escaped from prison or they just would have let them out. No, God decided, you know what? I'm going to make an earthquake happen and I'm going to set everybody free. But then look what happened now in the next verse. And here's the point that I want you to see. It says, and the keeper of the prison awakened out of his sleep and seeing the prisoner's doors open. Now watch this now. That means that God knows where you are at all times. Even if you're in prison, God knows where you are. That's good to know. He drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had fled. But but Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Now, I tell you what, I'm just being honest with you. Had I been in that prison, they'd have said everybody here except for Evan. He's gone. (laughs) He got up out of here. He (laughs) got to go. I ain't going to stay in there. Man, this, this is serious right here. They all stayed in the prison. Watch this though. God wanted to do something because prayer can open a door and prayer can save a life. Watch what what happened in verse 28. And Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprung in and came trembling. Watch this now. And fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? See, God not only answered the prayers of Paul and Silas, who eventually got out of prison, but he had something else in mind, and that was to save somebody else's life. And if you keep reading the story, his, him and his whole household got saved. Watch this now. He washed the stripes of Paul and Silas off their back, and then he went and got baptized, and they let him out. 
Amen. Everybody say prayer. Can open a door and save a life. I read a story. This is the real story about two roommates. And uh, one roommate had almost died in a car crash. Him and his, uh, his girlfriend, they were sitting still at a light. And a car came 70 miles an hour and just hit the car and totaled the car completely. And they walked away from that accident with minor scratches and just some minor pains in their back and neck. So his roommate came home, uh, that happened like around the Christmas time, and uh, he, his roommate came home from work, and this guy was talking on the phone with his girlfriend when he got off the phone, and they, they sat there, and they were talking, and he told his roommate, he said, man, I almost died again today. He's like, again? He's like, again. He's like, well, what happened? He said, man, around 6 o'clock, maybe around 6.15, he says, and his roommate stopped and said, what time? He said, between 6 o'clock and 6.15. He said, man, let me tell you what happened. He said, today when I was at work, I felt led to stop and take 10 minutes out and pray for you. So I stopped, clocked out, went outside, got in the car, cranked it up because it was cold outside, put some heat in it, and I began to pray for you. And it was between the hour of 6 o'clock and 6.15. He said, well, tell me what happened. He said, man, let me tell you something. I was riding down the street and the highway and a big, you know, those big concrete, uh, big circle things. Uh, I don't know what cement, whatever they call, was off in the middle of the highway and uh, two cars had already crashed into it. One car had crashed right into the uh, middle of the ring, right? And so he's coming. He didn't see it fast enough because they actually, you know, went out too too fast. And what actually happened is this guy swerved probably five times he hydroplaned and he should have flipped over four or five times but because somebody was praying for him guess what he walked away from the accident not a scratch on his car or a scratch on his body everybody say prayer can save your life amen in luke chapter 22 verse 42 and 43 jesus opened the door for strength from an angel through prayer it says he said father if you're willing remove this cup from me he said nevertheless not my will but thine be done and then it says and there appeared an angel unto him from heaven strengthening him in other words prayer can open a door for you to receive strength from god amen the bible says we can be strengthened with all might by his spirit in our inner man And so prayer can strengthen us when we need it. Now go to Acts chapter 12 where I told you to go. Acts chapter 12. Because praying for others can open doors for them and bring change for us. I'm going to say that again. Because some of us in this room need change. And all we're doing is praying for us. See, when you learn how to pray for other people, God can bring some change for your life. Amen. If you want to write down Job 42.10, it says, And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had. So here it was, instead of Job just tripping out on what he lost, he finally got the message and God told him, Look, pray for your friends. And when he prayed for his friends, God brought some change in his life. Amen. I can't tell you how many people this week just text me or call me or email me. Just say, hey, pastor, I was thinking about you. Hey, uh, be encouraged. But see, what they didn't know is all this week I've been interceding for you. Amen. Woke up this morning, 6 o'clock. I'm praying for the church. I'm praying for you all's lives. I'm praying for your encouragement. I'm praying for your strength. Say amen to that. That's good stuff right there. In Acts chapter 12, watch what happens here. Look in verse 5. It says, Peter was therefore kept in prison. Where was Peter? Man, I'll tell you what, these disciples went to prison a lot, didn't they? 
How many have been in prison before? Let me see your hand. Hey, I mean, the disciples went to prison. John the Baptist went to prison. I mean, you know, you can go to prison. No, we're not going to believe that. Praise the Lord. Let's see what happened here. What did I leave off? Verse 5. Therefore, Peter was kept in prison. Everybody say, but prayer. Come on, say it again. But prayer was made without ceasing from the church unto God. For who? For him. In other words, Peter's in prison and the church was praying for Peter. And I'm going to show you here that prayer for him opened the door of the prison for him. Watch now in verse 6. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, basically to kill him, he was sleeping between two soldiers. I tell you what, that Peter, man, he, was, he wasn't even praying. He was sleeping. Man, if I was in prison, they about to kill me. Man, I'd been fasting and praying. He's sleeping. Sleeping hard, too. Watch this. Between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. Man, they had him locked down, didn't they? Verse 7. And behold, the angel of the Lord came to him, and a light shined upon him. Watch this now. In the prison, he hit Peter on the side and said, get up, man. I mean, you really sleep if somebody showed up and they got to hit you. I mean, somebody can walk in the room and sometimes I can tell, I, I, hey, hey, who's here? Man, Peter had to get knocked in the side from the angel to get up. So he woke up. The angel said, arise quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. Now, let me just show you something here. The chains didn't fall off until he got up. See, sometimes prayer cannot happen until you get up. Do you know you can't get a job unless you apply? Do you know a door can't open unless you knock? Do you know that prayer can't be answered until you put some faith behind your works? Amen. So look what happened here. Verse 8. The angel said, gird up yourself. Put on your sandals. Man, he had his shoes off and everything. I'd have kept my shoes on. I've been trying to escape. I ain't lying. And so he did. And he... He said unto him, put on your garment about you and follow me. And he went out and followed him and did not know that it was true. Basically, he thought he was dreaming. And he thought he saw a vision. When they were past the first and the second ward, man, everybody was sleeping that place, wasn't it? Watch this. He went to the gate of the city. Watch this now. Which did what? Opened to them on its own accord. And that's what what's going to happen in our lives in 2012. Some doors are going to open by themselves without us having to do anything. It's going to basically be like at Walmart. You know, Walmart's got those sliding doors. You just step now and make sure that thing sees you and it just opens right up. Well, that's going to happen in a lot of us right here in 2012. You're going to just be standing there and the open door just goes zoop. And don't just stand there and go, man, what happened? How did that do that? Just walk through the door. Act like you belong there. Hey, how you doing? My name's Evan. Everything's good. What about you? Amen. So, long story short, Peter was led out of the prison, and he ended up in verse 13, knocking on the door where they were praying for him. And then it's noticed this girl named Rhoda answered the phone. Now, Rhoda sounds like she's of some kind of ethnic, eth, you know, ethnicity. Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate. She was so happy. She just looked out at the peephole and said, that's Peter. And she went and told everybody, left the man out there. I'd been like, girl, you better open this door. They coming to get me. Prayer for others can open doors for them and bring change for us. 
People call it intercessory prayer. That's when you pray for others. Prayer is like a boomerang. You, when you pray for others, others are praying for you. See, if you want a lot of people praying for you, just pray for people when they come on your heart. You know, now when people come to my mind, I don't just say, Lord, I wonder what's going on with them. No, I just pray for them. Father, I thank you wherever they are and whatever they're doing. Strengthen them now. Give them favor in Jesus' name. Help them out. Lord, show them favor. Lord, cause great things to happen in their life. Amen. Now, there are some biblical models of prayer as we close here. There are some biblical models of prayer. There are all types of prayers in the Bible. You have the Lord's Prayer. You have the prayer of faith in James chapter 5, verse 13. It says, Is any man among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing song. Is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Everybody say the prayer of faith. Then you have in Ephesians chapter 16, verse 1 through uh, 16 through 23, you have the prayer of wisdom and revelation for Christ. But then I want to show you a biblical model of prayer. I want you to find in your Bibles, uh, in the book of Nehemiah, that's in the Old Testament. Nehemiah, here's a biblical structure of prayer that I want you to walk out with and do this week. See, because some of you all need to start praying right now how you're going to make it through the prayer season. Amen. Amen. Uh, Last week, uh, one of the young people who I was meeting with... uh, they told me, you know, because I told my wife I had a six-pack last week. She said, no, you have three rup- ruffles. That's what you have. So one of them hit my stomach and said, Pastor, you have a one-pack. And it's round. Amen. Well, thank you. Well, let's see here a biblical model of prayer in the book of Nehemiah. Go to chapter 9, and let's look in verses 1 through 3. And I'm going to point out some things that we need to do this week. Everybody say this week. This week. Now. In Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 1, it says, Now in the 20 and 4th day of the month, the children of Israel were assembled with what class? Fasting and with sackcloth and earth upon them. And the seed of Israel, watch this now, they what? They separated themselves from all strangers. So here's the first thing we're going to do starting this week. We're going to remove ourselves from the norm. You're going to take some time. Listen, I know you, you can still eat lunch and all that, but you got to get yourself ready for next week. You're just going to go on your lunch break, take about 10 minutes, and I'm going to show you what to do in 10-minute intervals. But you first got to remove yourself from everybody because you can't pray around some people. They're going to figure out, you know, I, 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 uh, I had to get some more rims for my car lately, and it was from a Muslim car shop. I was really impressed, not the fact that they were Muslims, but they had on the door... We close at 12 o'clock for prayer. I said, man, they closed their business for prayer. So we have to remove ourselves from the norm. Here's number two. Let's see what happened after they did that. It says then, they stood and confessed their sins and the iniquity of their fathers. Watch this now. They stood up in their place. And what did they do? They read in the book of the law of the Lord of God, of the Lord their God, one part of the day and another fourth part of the day they confessed and worshiped. So the second thing they did is that they reiterated God's word over their life. In other words, they took a time to confess God's word over their life. And so this is a year of open doors. And that's what you're going to confess. And, you know, you can just take five minutes or so and just say, Lord, I thank you that open doors are coming in my life this year. 
I thank you, Father, that they're going to open up. They exceed my education. They exceed my experience. They exceed, Father, what my hands can do. And I thank you, Father, that I'm going to find favor with every man as doors open in my life. You're going to reiterate God's word over your life. And then it says here, they read the word. So you're going to read. What was the first one? Remove yourselves from the norm. The second one was reiterate God's word over your life. Here's number three because this is what they did. They read God's word. Take about 10 minutes this week. If you you do more than that, that's fine. But take some time and read the word because the word will do some good. Man cannot live on just neck bones. You can't just live. We had yesterday, we had some good, man, oxtail and some curry chicken, man, and some rice and peas. It was good. But you just can't live on that. You have to live by every word that proceeds out of God's mouth. And then watch what else they happen as we close here. It says in verse 4, they stood up upon the stairs of the Levites. All those names which I am not going to even try to pronounce. I mean, one of these guys' names is Bunny. What kind of name is that? Bunny? How many know that sounds like a prison name? What's your name? Bunny. Bunny and Clyde? I mean, his name is Bunny. They had some weird names in the Old Testament, man. Then it says, the Levites and all the rest of those people... He says, stand up and bless the Lord your God forever and blessed be the glorious name which is exalted above all blessings and praise. Watch this. You are even the Lord God alone. Thou hast made heaven and the heavens with all their hosts. And what they begin to do, if you keep reading, they begin to come together and they begin to respond with corporate prayer. If you keep reading. It just says that they got together and they began to pray. And that's what we're going to do during this time of fasting and prayer. We're going to pray together. At the end of the thing, we're going to have a big exuberant celebration of praise. And I want everybody to get here because I believe praise will open doors for your life. Listen, if praise can get them out of prison, praise can get you a job. If praise can get them out of prison, praise can open some doors of favor for your life. If praise can open up a prison door, praise can open up an interview for you. If praise can get a person out of prison, man, praise can get you married. See, what you need to begin, see, some of y'all are so problematic with your single life. All you do is wake up every morning thinking, Lord, I want to be married. Lord, I want a man. Lord, I want a woman. Lord, Lord, Lord. And he's going, what you want? I know what you want. Y'all want a man, don't you? Y'all want a woman. Well, if you just begin to praise him for the man, praise him for the woman, you never know. You can walk in Walmart and there he is shopping. (laughs) Through that sliding door I was talking about. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) And then if you keep reading, it says that they begin to rehearse what God did for their life. You know why I tell you testimonies? Because I'm rehearsing what God has done. So I can't not only forget it, but I can remember. See, that's what David did. When he got before Goliath, he said, man, I done killed a bear and I done killed a lion. Man, I can kill this dude. And sometimes you got to rehearse what God's done because if you, do, if you forget it, then listen, you can't remember his goodness. And man, faith will come in your heart when you begin to rehearse what God has done because faith comes when you hear what God has done in your life. And listen, the devil will put his hands in his ears because he don't want to hear you talk about what God's done for you. 
You say, well, Pastor God ain't done something for me in a long time. Let me tell you something. He woke you up this morning to let you breathe his air that he made. He woke you up and let you walk on the earth that he made. Amen. I want you to repeat after me. Say, God has opened. And it's currently opening. And will open great doors for me in 2012. Doors that exceed my qualifications and my education and even my experience. Doors that will open that no man can close. Doors that will bring increase into my life. Doors that will produce fruit for Christ. And doors that will be exceeding abundantly above what you ask, what I ask, think, or imagine. I receive it. I believe it. I will see it in Jesus' name. If you believe that, give the Lord a hand clap if you would. Hallelujah. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you may be here today and you may be in a spiritual prison. Because everybody that was born was born.